Welcome to Truth Culture Life. I'm your host, Royce Hood. Thank you so much for listening to Catholic Spirit Radio. And just to remind everybody, if you haven't already done so, be sure to download the Catholic Spirit Radio app at catholicspiritradio.com. And you can listen to this and other great programming anywhere you are. And it's awesome to have. Um, All right. So on this episode, we are going to be interviewing two special guests, both of whom are authors uh, with uh, Sophia Institute. And we're just super excited to have them. So without further ado, we've got Julia Wade joining us. And uh, Julia is a homeschool mom, among other things, many other things that she's involved with. And that's probably the biggest job of all. And she's also the author of a new book, Joseph's Workshop Book. Julia, welcome to the program. Hi, Royce. Very Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about you, and then we want to hear about your book. Yeah. So I am, like you said, a homeschooling mother of five. I do get a little bit of help. We go to Regina Chaley Academy. I don't know if you've heard of it before, but it's a hybrid homeschool program. We love it. Um, before I was a mom, I was a teacher. I went to college for music and then went to the University of Dallas for theology, became a campus minister there, and then taught at a local Catholic high school for a while with my master's degree. It was a lot of fun. High schoolers are amazing. But when I got pregnant with my first daughter, I decided to retire at the age of 27 and and stay full time with them. So I have five children now. I have bookended girls with three boys in between. And I have done a lot of different ministries to kind of keep up that vocation I had of ministry. But um, one of the things that I found that I was doing a lot was reading books to my children. It helped pass the time when you're nursing a baby or someone's napping and you want to keep them quiet. And I really believe in the fruits of reading early so that they're not as attuned to screens and iPads and things like that. So this kind of merges into why I wrote this book. I'm not your typical author. I haven't dreamed of being an author my whole life or even thought that I would publish a book. But when I had my daughter, I, you know, I purchased every awesome Catholic holy book that there was. I mean, off of Sophia, off of all of the other major Catholic publishing companies and my daughter loved them. She eats them up. She eats up every book. And then I had my sons and they would tolerate a holy book, but they'd really want to read the digger books and the construction, you know, all the construction and the fire trucks and the police cars. And um, I just got really kind of bummed out that they weren't wanting to read the holy books. And so I thought, well, what if I just wrote a holy book that was cool for little boys? So that's how the idea got started. It's kind of grown into something much more. I don't think that it's just on little boys at all. Uh, But essentially, I came up with a story about St. Joseph, who, of course, has um, the greatest model of being a worker, and he's got really cool tools. So I wrote a little board book. It's probably best for like five and under, though my seven-year-old really enjoys it. But I think it might be because mommy wrote it. we essentially go through all the tools of Joseph that he would use to make a surprise toy for the child. Jesus is what the book is about. Wow. I love that. You know, St. Joseph is such um, a big part of our family and we, our parish just um, renovated the old like 1970s contemporary modern looking 
parish and turned it into this like beautiful, almost like Gothic looking church. Like it's so cool to actually see that happen in our community. Um, like this return to reverence. And there's this absolutely gorgeous St. Joseph statue as there should be at every parish, but we always sit directly in front of St. Joseph and we love Mary too. I, I have a deep devotion to Mary. That's, um, I mean, the, the, you know, she, she was, she led to my conversion without question and back into the church, but St. Joseph is just so incredibly cool. And that's somebody that boys would probably be able to relate to, to some extent. Yes. And you speak of the beauty in your church. One of the things I love about this book is the illustrations. They're not cartoony at all. They're all hand painted by my friend, Matthew Bartula. Uh, he went to the university of Notre Dame and minored in art and he just kind of does it for fun. And it was really fun getting an illustrator that I knew when I came up with this idea of this book, I actually wrote it and submitted it to a publisher and it got rejected within like hours. Wow. And I was so bummed. I was like, why'd you reject me? And so I was at a mom's night with a bunch of my mom's friends and we were actually just at someone's house uh, drinking wine and actually cutting out pro-life posters for the Catholic pro-life committee here in Dallas. And I said, guys, I'm so bummed. I just have to share with you. I wrote a book and they're what you wrote a book. Uh, we had no idea you would do that. I was like, it's just a boards book. It's a kid's children's book. And I think it's really sweet, but it got rejected. So I'm really bummed today. And I just had to share that with you. And so of course they said, read it to us. So I did. And they loved it. And they said, the only reason you don't have it is because you don't have an illustrator. And I said, well, I said, I don't know how to find one. And my friend called her husband who was taking care of the children upstairs and said, Matt, come downstairs. You're going to draw images for Julia's book. Uh, and he did. And they're lovely. They're just, they're, like I said, they're hand painted on canvas and the way he shows Joseph's arms is so masculine. The tools themselves are very, um, they're so detailed that you can kind of imagine him holding them. You can see from the cover of the book, that's all you can see on like, you know, Sophia's website and Amazon and things, yeah. just how beautiful the the paintings are. But I think that that really helps grab their attention, just like redoing your 1970s church. You know, the kids want stained glass window to stare at and see the picture and try to discover what's happening in that picture. And I think that this book does something very similar, shows the children the beauty in in the work that Joseph did. Yeah, there's some, um, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there's some amazing quotes from the saints over the years on how, how people are drawn to the sacred and they're dr naturally drawn to the beautiful, particularly, you know, when it glorifies God so much. And if you look at some of the older churches, it's really neat to see, you know, the blood, sweat and tears that like a lot of times immigrants with nothing put in and, you know, after work, after they're done taking care of their families, they'd volunteer to help build these amazing churches, a lot of those in the Midwest here in Peoria and Chicago and places like that. Um, so I love that. The fact that art is a major part of this book, something interesting for the kiddos to see. Uh, and an idea for you, like I'm a habitual idea person, which can be bad because it can lead to distraction, but I can't help it. I like the first thing I thought of when you said that would be to have that artwork available as like canvas prints, you know, with maybe a little watermark for your book or something like that um, would be really cool. We are, um, I'm working on a film right now called Incorruptible with um, about Sister Wilhelmina out in Gower, Missouri. And that's, a, she's a founder of an order called Benedictines of Mary Queen of the Apostles. Anyway, some of the artwork that we've created for the film 
and even like some of the photographs and things, people are asking, like, can we get those on? Like, can we get that framed? It's like, wow, like that's an interesting way to support this ministry for this film is to make those available for people. So think about that for your book. I mean, your book is a ministry because to the extent that you can help other moms uh, connect with their with their children and their boys and get them interested in in you know in the faith, that's beautiful. Uh, yes, I love we- what you're doing. I was really trying to to make a lot come out of the story. When I first wrote it, originally it was just to intrigue the boys, but as it continued, it really became a book on vocations, being content where you are with the life that God has given you. When I'm reflecting on St. Joseph's life, he had a lot thrown at him, right? He had expectations of marrying this lovely virgin bride and then got kind of this whammy of your, by the way, you're going to raise God. And <laughs> it took a lot of reflection of what would that be like? And it really made me reflect on how my husband, you know, hangs out with our children and what causes them to have joy. And I said, you know, Joseph would create a toy for the child Jesus and play with him, but use his craft to do it, right? Use what he's good at to make something special for him and what that's like for all of us to take whatever our craft is, whether it's being a stay at home mom or radio host slash lawyer slash musical artist, right? There's, (laughs) there's so many ways for us to follow God's will joyfully, even if we don't ending up exactly where we thought we would be. I definitely did not think that I would be a stay at home mom. I, you know, all those years of education and then you're like, I'm at home, but obviously it's not wasted. It just wasn't an expectation I had until being pregnant with that daughter being like, I cannot leave you. <laughs> um, and then, no, go sorry. ahead, please. No, go ahead. I no, keep going. Leading, it, leading it all the way to here where now I've written this book because I saw this calling as a mother to show my sons this joy of vocation. So I hope other mothers can, can see that too, while they're reading the story to their, their sons. I've also put in some nuggets of St. Joseph. Like I took his litany, uh, and had Matthew um, put some in uh, in the some parts of the litany into the imagery of the book, but also through the words of the book. So he's referred to as patient and just. And um, we have his mirror of patience in the background. And the very first image of Joseph has this light just behind him with all this when he's shadowed. So, you know, being that light of patriarch. So all these little like I hope it gets mothers to be interested in the litany of St. Joseph and to have that voca- that devotion to him in our family. like. We have, it's my husband's confirmation state. We named our first son's middle name is Joseph. So we have this with great devotion and just to look at him as more than just this quiet protector of Jesus, but also a dad, a happy dad. Yeah. No, that, you know, fatherhood is so, it's amazing. Like so many of the problems that we see in the world today with just all the chaos I, I mean, it, I think it all stems from like this sort of emasculation of men, um, you, you know, that like men need to be men and kids need fathers. Uh, and I can't stress that enough. There's a really interesting guy. He's from the UK that I follow on social media and he talks about that a lot. And I keep wondering if he's Catholic. I don't think he is, but he sounds <laughs> like it. And, you know, he like St. Joseph is the guy like that is the perfect example in so many ways. I mean, you know, think about like an unplanned pregnancy, right? Uh, And I love, I love, uh, you know, the first uh, person to recognize Jesus was, you know, St. John in the womb, right? Like, like, wow. 
an unborn baby. Like, so pro-life ministry is such an important part of my life. And it wasn't just like you was not something I planned on doing. It was just where, um, where the Lord led me really through my wife and through our marriage and everything else. Like, it's just what we do. Like we are not pro-life nine to five. We're pro-life because we believe in the sanctity of human life. Anyway, um, I am super excited about this book of yours. Is that available now through sophiainstitute.com? It's available through pre-order that's actually coming out on his feast day. So very special. March 19th, it'll be officially shipping throughout the world. So Wow. All yeah. right. So when you become a New York Times bestselling author, I don't even know <laughs> if that's still a thing, but like, I hope you'll come back and talk to us about the success. And my guess is you're going to get that creative bug. You probably already have it. Like, I bet you've already started your next book, whether you want to admit it or we, not. But we have. <laughs> I know. I, that's how the creative bug works. The next, the next book is um, Simon's Fishing Boat. So Ooh. still focusing on the idea of holy work, right? Serving God in the means that you're you're meant to provide for your family. So, and then that re reveal of their relationship with Jesus at the end each time. So, but, um, but yes, Matthew's already working on the pictures for it and they're gorgeous, just like these are. And the text is done. We just have to um, submit it for approval. Um, my daughter definitely wants us to do a girl next. So I'm brainstorming <laughs> which female saint in her work would be, would be an awesome one. So we know that just because I am a stay at home mom does not mean that there's not some seriously holy saints that worked, you know, Zaylee and Gianna. And yeah. I don't know if I can convince Matt to draw that lace, but we'll see. <laughs> what about somebody that's not canonized yet? Um, and just food for thought. Obviously, you've got numerous. <laughs> I was like, you can start naming them. I'll write them down, Royce. <laughs> okay. All right. How about this? Nellie Gray, right? Like a actual conservative feminist, so to speak, went to law school. One of the first lawyers, female lawyers in the United States was a World War II veteran and mm -hmm. dedicated her entire life after Roe v. Wade to saving the unborn. And making Dude, abortion. Like I can work in her, her, her World War II. I'm sure that would be very appealing. To, her story is amazing. The other one. Yeah, I'm not trying to like self plug here, but Sister Wilhelmina, um, African American founder of a contemplative religious order. She grew up in segregation. Uh, one of my favorite stories of her, like she was getting her first communion and um, looked up and Jesus said to her, will you be mine? And she said later, he was so handsome. How could I say no? And she was shocked that none of her friends saw him or heard him. And she mm -hmm. thought that was just like what you did when you got communion and dedicated her life to being a, a bride of Christ. Her, during segregation, she'd sit in the back pews at church and would say, mom, why do we have to receive communion last? And her mom would say, well, what difference does it make what, when you mm -hmm. receive Jesus? And she, like her story is just so phenomenal. So anyway... Uh, that would be a fun one. And we've got... Uh, You're just making me contact you for my source information. So I do... It. So you volunteer. Yeah. yeah, I love it. No, and then, uh, you know, some of the incorruptibles too, like uh, obviously like the little flower, St. Saint, Saint Therese would be one. I mean, oh my gosh, there's so many you could do. My daughter would eat that up. She's 10. Um, and we only have a couple minutes left. I just want to talk briefly about homeschooling. Like we have... Um, a couple of kids at our local parish school, but then we have a son that is super smart, but has mild dyslexia. So we're actually homeschooling him to just get him the extra help he needs. Um, 
that's a challenge. Like, how do you balance being a mom with it's a full time job homeschooling? I don't I have no? My <laughs> grandma lives seven minutes away. No, um, <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, our you know our house is not as spotless as it used to be prior to the homeschooling venture. No, it's, it is, it is an experiment every day. Um, we, we adding the fifth child onto our lives. So she's, um, five months old now, and she has been a great blessing. She was very much wanted. Um, and it just, the whole dynamic has now changed of what homeschool life looked like now that there is another little baby and one kid that's not in school and the other three have classwork and the third grader has so much work (laughs) versus the pre-K four but they're all finding their groove. We're finding joy in it. And I do think that doing the hybrid program really helps with those two days. So then I have some alone time with the small ones that I wouldn't normally have if yeah. I homeschooled five days a week. So I really That's love great. that private time on Mondays and Thursdays with them. And then the other kids get that um, dynamic of drama class and music class and science with a group, which I think is is more fun that way. I love it. Yeah, there's a, one of those uh, Regina's. What's it called, Regina? It's Regina Chaley Academy. There's they're yeah, all over yeah. the United States. They have yeah. one in Chicago. I, unfortunately, I don't think we have one in Peoria yet. We have a Chesterton that's older, you know, high, uh, high school. Um, so we're looking at. We actually met with some families the other day and talked about micro schools and maybe a co-op and something like that. So, well, listen, we we're out of time on this segment. Um, we've been speaking with Julia Wade, uh, mother of five, homeschool mom and an author extraordinaire. Her new book, Joseph's Workshop, will be coming out. Um, did you say March 19th? Yeah. March 19th. All right, sophiainstitute.com. So hope you'll come back and tell us how it's going. Um, and by the way, if you want to bring all the kids and the family down to Naples, we'll be there in March. You can promote your book. That's March 20th to the 22nd, naplesummit.com. Anybody's invited, you just got to get there. Um, that's a stretch to get travel with a bunch of kids. I know how that is. Well, thank you so much for having me, Royce. It's been great. All right. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, we wish you the best of luck with your book. Thank you. If you have some extra time, put those hours to use for the Lord. With Catholic Spirit Radio's growing radio network, we have three new behind-the-scenes volunteer positions. If you're interested, call the station. 309-807-2427. Volunteers are specifically needed for each of these roles. First, an energetic and experienced event manager is needed to coordinate our spring and fall on-air fundraisers. Give us a call if that's you. Second, Catholic Spirit Radio needs one to two hours every two or three weeks from a volunteer or a team of two for lightweight general cleaning at our normal location. Give us a call if you and a friend are interested. And third, we are in need of one to two spirit liaisons from each of these areas, Rockford, Harvard, Morris, DeKalb, Sycamore, Lincoln, Pontiac, and Clinton. These individuals will assist with informational tables at your local events. Give us a call if you can help out. Become part of our radio mission in 2024. Volunteer at Catholic Spirit Radio. 309-807-2427. A warm welcome to our new Catholic Spirit Radio listeners in Rockford. We hope you're inspired and informed by our quality programs. Tell others about Catholic Spirit Radio now heard in the Rockford area on 88.9 FM and catholicspiritradio.com. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. Hey everybody, 
It's Dr. Ray Goretti, host of The Doctor Is In. For me, Catholic Radio is it's an opportunity to be focused on and be intentional about taking time doing what our Lord said. Go to all the world, teaching them whatsoever I have commanded you. Invite others into this work the Holy Spirit is already doing. Invite them to listen. Invite others to a deeper encounter with Christ. Got an old vehicle taking up space in your garage or rusting outside? Catholic Spirit Radio would love to have it. Turn your worn-out vehicle into a donation. Simply call 866-628-CARS or go to catholicspiritradio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link. Hi, this is John Hall, president of Catholic Spirit Radio. Do you enjoy our programming? Well, we need your support to keep the programming at Catholic Spirit Radio on the air. If you already give, thank you. We appreciate your help. If you haven't given, we need your help now. To donate, go online at Catholic CatholicSpiritRadio.com. That's CatholicSpiritRadio.com. Or mail your donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. Or stop by 108 Boykins Place. God bless you and thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio. All right. Welcome back to Truth Culture Life at Catholic Spirit Radio. Thank you so much for listening this weekend. Um, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Truth Culture Life Pod. And most recently, I've been the most active on Twitter, just at Royce Hood. Um, and I think we'll um, be posting some links uh, for these authors as well to their, their books, probably on Facebook. So be sure to check that out. Um, now, our next guest, uh, Dr. Chris Reed, who is the author of the new book, Sacred Conversations, which is also, I think, in pre-order. Welcome, welcome to the program, Dr. Uh, Reed. Thank you so much hey, for joining man. us. Thanks, Rice. Good to be with you. Yeah. So, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, and we want to hear all about your new book and and when it will be available. All right. Well, uh, by by training, I'm a researcher. Um, have a doctorate in human communication studies from the University of Georgia. So, I've spent my entire career working with leaders and teams on better forms of dialogue. Dialogues that help move their organization through change, help them improve performance. My, my vocational calling, though, is, is really turning this model of sacred conversations into a ministry. And it's a, it's a pretty remarkable story. I was a convert to the faith in my, in my late 30s, and uh, the Holy Spirit just kept working on me and uh, kind of turned my leadership writing into uh, sacred writings about how to improve our relationships. Wow, wonderful. Really super interesting. Um, and so when, when did you, was there a, a certain moment that led to your conversion to the faith? It, it, it was a slow burn. I would say it was about a 10 year journey. Uh, I was baptized Catholic and, you know, through my twenties and thirties, like a lot of kids, uh, I, I wasn't catechized, you know, as a, as a little guy, like I know you've got some 10 year olds and, su- and such. And, um, so I kind of wandered around a bit and, uh, kind of was responding to the call for about five, six years. And I I was working so much. I was working my own plan, uh, writing my first book, consulting uh, with the Gallup organization, the big polling company, f- traveling around the world. And I just felt this, this, this emptiness. Uh, I had lots of professional goals, but not a lot of spiritual goals. Um, so in 2000, 18, uh, 
I said, hey, I've got the time, I've got the place. And uh, here in Detroit, we've got the, you know, fantastic RCIA program here. And um, the the rest is history. I couldn't stop reading books about Jesus. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing. It's, it's always fascinating to me to hear, you know, whether it's a reversion or a conversion. And I mean, conversion is, for me anyway, it's not a one and done process. Like it's a journey and it's continuous. Amen. Um, so I, I love that. I love hearing it. And thank you for sharing that for us. So you're, are you, you're in the Detroit area. Is that correct? Detroit. I, I used to live in Chicago when I was with Gallup out by you, but okay. yeah, we're in the, we're in the Detroit archdiocese now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. There's a, uh, now a famous priest there, uh, Father Carlos Martins. Do you uh, know who that is? I think he's in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, we've got several that are doing some good good work, and a lot of Catholic media like you are. Oh wow! You know, The Exorcist Files I think is one of the most interesting productions I've ever heard. Um, I don't know if you've heard it or not, but Father Martin's deal, and um, it, it's just phenomenal. Like the immersion experience you get if you put it in the car, and it's kind of terrifying at parts, but then it's also like theologically interesting with history and um, things that are just fascinating about the church and spiritual warfare. Uh, so yeah, you, you're coming out of a good spot. So hopefully you'll be a household name soon too, with this new book coming out. Is this your first book? So my, my first book is a, is a leadership book. It was written in 2018 called future ready leadership. This is my first foray. And that, you know, I think the story behind this book, Royce, that, that conversion from, taking all the education and practical experience that God had been preparing me with. And it, it, the, the book sacred conversations really came out of a conversation with a coach and a mentor and, and counselor that, that I was working with. I didn't know where to take my, my writing career. Um, and it was in a conversation with, with Dr. John Canine, which I recount the story in sacred conversations and he said, you know, Chris, you talk about your faith a lot in our coaching sessions. Have you ever thought about taking some of these concepts about leadership and communication and 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 dialogue and looking at them through the lens of your faith? Now, he's he's the son of an evangelical pastor, so he knows his Bible. We talked a lot of scripture. And I remember in that moment when he asked that question, I, I my face got really red and I, and I walked out to my car with my journal and I wrote down the phrase sacred conversations. And a week later I came in, I had about 60 pages written. And two weeks later I came in, I had more. He said, you got to read me some of this. And in 21 days um, through the intercession of Our Lady praying the rosary every morning, um, it was it was completed in 21 days on December 12th, the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So, wow. and wow, I, so I've never written anything in 21 days that is worth reading. So, no, that's uh, that's amazing. It's amazing how um, I would consider that to be like the Holy Spirit action plan, <laughs> Amen. right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. Um, I think the name that'll be the name of my. First real book will be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit action plan. You know, yeah. you, you can't plan for it, but when it comes, I actually started jotting down how in an Excel file how many pages per day the Holy Spirit was pumping through these unworthy hands 
And right. It, it was remarkable. No, amen. That's uh, that's what it's all about. It's um, I mean, in many ways, a lot of the things I do, like I'll get an idea and I'll get inspiration. And if it's meant to be, it works. If it's not, it doesn't. And the fact that you're sitting here today with a book in pre-order um, is a testament to the fact that obviously this was supposed to happen. And you, I can't wait, you know, to see how it goes for you with this book. Um, and I see a guitar in the background. Is that a bass guitar? It looks like a bass guitar to me. So there's a couple of stories in Sacred Conversations, a couple of lessons learned uh, from my own faith journey. One of them is about, uh, I had played guitar for 20 years. Um, that is a bass, but um, I also was, and I always considered myself a bass player. My father was a bass player, my brother's a bass player. Um, and I just noodled around on the sixth string. But uh, during COVID, my wife was like, why don't you humble yourself and just take some lessons? And it was through that sacred conversation that I took action, started working with a teacher, and now now I'm a halfway decent jazz guitar player. Really? Are you playing uh, what kind? Uh, so six string or, or still yeah, bass? Yeah, yeah. So, well, I play I play both, but um, yeah, I, I I play my my six strings probably the most now. So I, I was in a couple of rock bands in my early years prior to my reversion to the faith, and everybody always and I was a singer. Everybody always said the singers are really weird. I always thought the bass players were a little bit strange. <laughs> uh, Standing in the background. <laughs> yeah. You know, but a good bass player can make or break a song like that. It's amazing, like how little credit they get and how important bass can be. Well, we're we're here in, in Motown and uh, James <laughs> Jamerson, probably one of the finest bass players to, to ever. And yeah, when you listen to those Motown songs, you know, Bernadette. Um, that's all bass that you're dancing to. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All the good uh, dance songs, that's bass predominantly that drives the rhythm. That's awesome. I'd, lo well, I'd love to hear you play sometime. Maybe that'll be your thing. Music's a, a thing that I'm involved with, obviously. And I love um, I love music. I've been playing guitar for years and it's therapeutic for me, that's especially, you know. I, I tried to incorporate it into my ministry work and uh, between all of the rehearsals in our in our parish ensemble, um, it, it it was too much and it and it for me it's therapeutic as well. It's it's how yeah. I it's how I sort of break away from all the what's on my mind and what's in my heart about the next writing project. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, well, good for you. Uh, that's you know I don't know if you've ever recorded anything or not. But that, you know, it's amazing what you can do just with your iPhone now when you're jamming or hit record, make a video. And it sounds awesome. Like if you're, you know, anyway, um, I could talk about music all day long. We'll have to have you back to talk about music sometime. Maybe we can Anytime. have an online, online jam session. Um, that would be fun. All right. So is there anything else like in particular that you're proud of with respect to like, was there an aha moment where you're like, this is it. This is the thing in sacred conversations that stands out to me. And, and by the way, before you answer that, I know a lot of times when I write, sometimes I'm like, I'm speaking to myself. These are things that I need to hear. These are things that I need to reflect on and maybe other people will connect. So did you have an aha moment or anything that really pops out to you in this book? I, I It's the model itself, Royce, is, is one that it, to, to be able to provide those who are of the Catholic faith, those who are Christians, those who are maybe even Catholic curious or Christian curious with a, a model that is inspired by 
good behavioral science because that's I, by training that's that's kind of how i've always looked at human communication and human dialogue but that takes the best of what science says and then points to what jesus taught us what jesus lived uh the conversations and the ways that jesus participated in his most intimate conversations to to provide a practical step-by-step model to help people silence the noise, put down their phone, engage someone who's right in front of them, whether that's a child, a spouse, a stranger on the street, but to invite that form of dialogue and, and, and have the tools to see what God has in store for them, what God wants for them, and to follow in Jesus' footsteps. To me, that is why the Holy Spirit put this on my heart and said, you got to get this out to the world. And um, I, your, your previous guest, Julia, um, you know, as someone who's written a lot of things, I've been rejected far more times than, than you get and accept. That's just the, that's just how it goes. But I sent this book out to my top three publishers and Sophia was among them. And as soon as they read it, they said, we love this. We, we've got to get the, and that's when I knew I had turned it all over to our Lord. I was worried about marketing. I was worried about the publishers. And he just spoke into my heart and said, you let me take care of the publishing and the marketing. Yeah. Amen. Now that's beautiful. For those that are listening, um, we've been speaking with Dr. Christopher Reed, author of the new book, Sacred Conversations. And uh, that book will be available March 19th as well. Same as the last guest. Um, and that is available through sophiainstitute.com. But you can also go to oursacredconversations.com. And I'll note on your website, uh, people can download like the first chapter. Is that right? Yeah, the first chapter is out there. We've got information about uh, sacred conversation training. And we're starting our first cohort of sacred conversation facilitator training. So if people want to bring the methodology into their spiritual direction, into their parish ministries, um, great, great method for catechists and for spiritual direction. So we're looking forward to training a cohort of folks who can carry this work forward. Well, that's great. Awesome stuff. Um, I, I really, I, I wish you the best of luck. And just like with our last guest, I hope once the book is out, maybe we can do a follow-up with you to see how things are going. And, um, I'm just curious, is there, I mean, you're a creative guy, bass player and author. <laughs> I'm guessing you've got something else in the works as well. Yeah. It, well, between communication and change management, change leadership, I, I've i been working with an artist as well on some imagery from Sacred Conversations. And, and he put together, his name's Miles Savelli-Halt. He's over in the UK. And he put a really inspired piece together uh, of the Holy Family and in the winds of, of change. And I think there is something in the works for sacred transitions, transitions from couple to family, from from vocation to retirement. There's there's something to be learned about, especially during this season of Lent that we find ourselves in about the power of change and the power of conversion. Um, you know, it's amazing. Uh, coincidentally, I actually have a, a strong, a song in production called winds of change. Uh, <laughs> it's literally about, it's about convert like conversion. It's, it's a bit abstract in terms of the lyrics. They need to be developed a bit more, but, um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do for this radio show. When we go to post-production, 
the clip either going in or going out of this segment will be a clip from that song so you can hear it even though it it does not have bass on it yet by the way it's just scratch <laughs> guitar and vocals at the stage but that's beautiful um, and and that's the i am so so blessed that the spirit brought us together royce god bless you and your ministries many ministries you make me look like i'm 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 loafing around you're a busy guy so thank you no, for you know time. just uh, be who god called you to be and you'll set the world on fire and uh some of it's providential some of it's dumb luck and something in between is where i fall um but you're doing great stuff as well dr reed thank you so much for joining us at truth culture life we'll go to our next commercial break and just everybody listening be sure to check them out at um our sacred conversations.com we'll also post that link on social media uh dr reed thank you so much for your time thanks Royce. god bless you you too feel the winds of change If you have some extra time, put those hours to use for the Lord. With Catholic Spirit Radio's growing radio network, we have three new behind-the-scenes volunteer positions. If you're interested, call the station, 309-807-2427. Volunteers are specifically needed for each of these roles. First, an energetic and experienced event manager is needed to coordinate our spring and fall on-air fundraisers. Give us a call if that's you. Second, Catholic Spirit Radio needs one to two hours every two or three weeks from a volunteer or a team of two for lightweight general cleaning at our normal location. Give us a call if you and a friend are interested. And third, we are in need of one to two spirit liaisons from each of these areas, Rockford, Harvard, Morris, DeKalb, Sycamore, Lincoln, Pontiac, and Clinton. These individuals will assist with informational tables at your local events. Give us a call if you can help out. Become part of our radio mission in 2024. Volunteer at Catholic Spirit Radio. 309-807-2427. A warm welcome to our new Catholic Spirit Radio listeners in Rockford. We hope you are inspired and informed by our quality programs. Tell others about Catholic Spirit Radio now heard in the Rockford area on 88.9 FM and catholicspiritradio.com. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Ray Goretti, host of The Doctor Is In. For me, Catholic Radio is it's an opportunity to be focused on and be intentional about taking time doing what our Lord said. Go to all the world, teaching them whatsoever I have commanded you. Invite others into this work the Holy Spirit is already doing. Invite them to listen invite others to a deeper encounter with Christ. Got an old vehicle taking up space in your garage or rusting outside? Catholic Spirit Radio would love to have it. Turn your worn-out vehicle into a donation. Simply call 866-628-CARS or go to catholicspiritradio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link. Hi, this is John Hall, president of Catholic Spirit Radio. Do you enjoy our programming? Well, we need your support to keep the programming at Catholic Spirit Radio on the air. If you already give, thank you. We appreciate your help. If you haven't given, we need your help now. To donate, go online at Catholic CatholicSpiritRadio.com, that's CatholicSpiritRadio.com, or mail your donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761, or stop by 108 Boykins Place. God bless you, and thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio.
Winds of Change. Shout out to our last guest who um, suggested maybe, I think he said maybe his next book would have something to do with the Winds of Change. Anyway, that's a scratch track, uh, a track that I'm working on. Uh, really about, it's about reconciliation, although the lyrics are a little bit uh, abstract, but that's the idea. Thank you for listening. All right, we're back with Catholic Spirit Radio at Truth Culture Life. Here we go for the next segment. Wow, what an interesting show. So, you know, Sophia Institute is, has been really wonderful sending us uh, so many interesting guests uh, for the program, and we just want to thank them for doing that. And I want to thank everybody at Catholic Spirit Radio. Be sure to support Catholic Spirit Radio at catholicspiritradio.com. Um, and honestly, if – are you on Twitter? Are you on – I guess it's called X now. That is where I'm spending most of my time on social media. I'm not, I'm not on Facebook as much. I find it a bit boring. Um, X is so interesting since Elon Musk took it over. It's like, I, I can, and not that I'm like a news junkie or anything. And I know it's Lent. So maybe you've given up social media, but everything from people sharing religious things to tons of like crazy political stuff to news and so forth. Um, I don't know. Maybe I have an unhealthy, uh, obsession with it at this point, but I am posting most of my things now on X.com. And you're welcome to check me out on there, x.com forward slash, I think it's just at Royce Hood. If you just look for Royce Hood on there, I'm, I think I'm the only one who knows. There are actually like four other Royce Hoods that I'm aware of. There are, I've mentioned this before on this program, but there are like, there's apparently two Royce Hoods in Florida, which is amazing because I'm from Florida. And um, father and son, I think they're like doctors or something, no relation. And then I recently learned of another Royce Hood who's in Texas. He's like involved with Texas CPAC conservative stuff. At least he's conservative. That's a good thing. Um, haven't met him. Don't know anything about him. Not related at all. But what are the chances? I feel like the Highlander, there can, there can be only one. But there's not. There's like four. And actually now there's, there's even more than that because I've got Royce Aaron Hood the second. 
Uh, now these other dudes aren't Aaron and the, their middle name is not Aaron as far as I know, but um, yeah, you know, interesting stuff. So let's see, what are we going to talk about next? I've got a lot, lot going on. Um, and I'd love to provide an update on the Naples summit. So the Naples summit, as I talked about last week, and I'm just going to be talking about it every week between now and March is March 20th through the 22nd. And if you're like me in central Illinois, you're getting tired of the cold weather. Um, it was snowing this morning. Anyways, it's nice and warm in Naples. And by March 20th, who knows what other kind of snowstorms we'll have. If it's going to be warm, my guess is it'll still be chilly. Uh, if you want to get warm, come on down to the sun. Our flyer says, get your beach on. Second annual Pro-Life Retreat and Summit, March 20th to the 22nd, Naples, Florida. Join pro-life professionals, advocates, or a pro-life retreat, training, and conference. Enjoy excursions, maternity home visit, training expo, conference, and fellowship. And I think this is going to be a great night. Um, a great night. It's going to be three nights. Uh, the first day, uh, dolphin encounter with pro-lifers. We're going to go on like a boat ride. Um, and then that evening, we're going to do a, um, a tour of Ave Maria University, and hopefully we'll have a, a pep rally with students at Ave Maria University. The following day, we have trainings at New Hope Church in Naples. Um, we've got best practices for pregnancy centers, sidewalk advocacy, legislative and state policy, uh, winning the pro-life argument. We've got marketing. And we're going to have a special guest. Uh, Abby Johnson's producer will be joining us for their new film, Unthinkable. We've invited Abby. I don't know if she'll be able to make it yet or not. Hopefully she will. Um, and then if she does, we'll announce that. And then Thursday, uh, Friday, we're going to visit the maternity home. It's actually the highlight of the event for me. We bring gifts to the moms and babies. And um, yeah, and then we go back to the uh, main venue and there's an, people have their exhibits and we have talks. And we've got the very last event is going to be like a theological roundtable with um, Pastor Thigpen, who is a um, prominent um, uh, Christian pastor in Naples. And we've got Father Michael Orsi headlining that. And those two gentlemen are going to speak about the sanctity and dignity of human life and how their uh, respective uh, ministries and faith traditions um, uh, address that issue in the community and what they're doing as, as uh, you know, religious leaders in the community. So a ton of fun. The whole thing ends by 1.30 on um, Friday. So folks can either get home or uh, they can enjoy the weekend in Naples with nothing to do. The beach is beautiful. Um, yeah. Should I move to Florida? What do you think? I, I would, I'm a Floridian, you know, and second generation. I miss it terribly, you know, the, but the trade-off is obviously we've got an amazing Midwest family here. Uh, we've got a, a nice size home um, in Peoria where, you know, with our, our house full of children, you know, but it's, there's something about Illinois that I'm sure a lot of people just feel like it just, there's things here that just don't sit right with me for many, many reasons. Um, mainly politically and, you know, the whole tax system here. I'm not used to that. Florida has no income tax. Think about that for a second without getting too political, zero income tax. So if you make a hundred thousand dollars in Florida, you, you know, you have your, your federal tax, got your your state um your sales tax in the different counties and property taxes and so forth but property taxes are like less than they are here the home values are more so maybe uh maybe people might end up paying more cuz the home costs more money but in terms of how it's calculated my mother's house is 
worth way more than my house. Uh, her house is in central Florida and she pays way less than I do in property taxes, which is just absurd. Anyway, um, but there's something about a Midwest, Midwest uh, values, you know, that you don't, that I, I certainly did not know growing up. I had heard of Midwest values growing up in Jupiter, Florida, but I, I didn't really know what it was until I met my wife. And um, the Midwest values is something that's very easy to fall in love with because it's so wholesome and family oriented and faith oriented. I mean, I can tell you this, no matter where God takes us um, and where God takes any of you listening to this, if faith and family are the center of your life, you're going to be just fine. Um, the church, I honestly, is the center of our life. Like we are so involved with our church and that's, I think, what we're supposed to do. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Historically, if you go back and you look at old villages, uh, the center of the village, if it wasn't like a fort to protect people, it was a church. And inside the fort, there was a church or a chapel, right? The church was the center of these old communities and the community sprung up around it. That's how Ave Maria is. The oratory uh, the beautiful um, cathedral-like structure that Tom Monahan had built is basically in the center of the the town square. That is the center, and that's what that's what the church is supposed to be. Christ is supposed to be the center of our life, and uh, and so I think that being the focus. Anyway, yeah. If I I hate to say this, and obviously I have to get my wife to say yes, but if I get the opportunity to get back down to Florida, I think I would. I would very prayerfully take that opportunity for more reasons than one. Um, so we'll see what happens in the future. But uh, I've been I've been trying to get back to Florida ever since I got to Illinois. So um, anyway, well, it's such a pleasure um, to be able to be with you every week at Catholic Spirit Radio. Um, again, I'll, I'll put the call out there. I know uh, there's people that listen to this that maybe have ideas. If you have ideas for guests or formats or topics that you think would be fun to be discussed at Truth Culture Life, let me know. Uh, you're welcome to send me an email at royce at lawlife.org, royce at lawlife.org. And if you'd like to take me up on my invitation and join me in Naples, Florida, March 20th uh, through the 22nd, go to naplessummit.com. You can actually register for free. There are some paid options as well. Uh, but if you decide to go, let me know. That's a rhyme. If you decide to go, let me know. Anyway, um, and I'll take good care of you and make sure that um, you get to uh, participate in some of the excursions, especially if you take the effort to travel from Naples, uh, from Illinois down to Naples for this. It would be awesome to see you and to meet up and uh, to shake your hand as well. So feel free to, to come on down. Uh, next, last but not least, it looks like we've got some new dates on the horizon for filming Incorruptible. Um, we need to finish a few scenes. Uh, it looks like Clear Creek, Oklahoma is going to be coming up with some monks that are there uh, and a couple interviews. And then uh, the last piece of the puzzle is going to be the reenactments. And the, the story I told during the first segment of Will You Be Mine? That's a scene that I intend on reenacting. And so right now we're um, planning that and looking at uh, finding some somebody to play a young, like nine-year-old, Wilhelmina at the time, uh, Mary Elizabeth was her name, um, and finding the right church that will have of the feel of a 1930s, 1940s pre-Vatican II layout is what we need. Um, 
and it's going to be such a powerful scene. I, I don't want to spill the beans just yet, but how do you, you know, think about that creatively? How would you convey a scene where a little girl sees or hears Jesus? You know, how do you convey that? And the 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 plans that we have for that scene, without making it cheesy but making it powerful, I think are going to be simple and absolutely beautiful. Um, which fits the narrative of these sisters out in Gower. I'll never forget when I was in Gower, uh, after the news of Sister Wilhelmina's incorrupt body went viral, I said to one of the sisters, sister, you, you guys are famous. And she said, I don't know anything about that. I'm just a simple sister. Simple and beautiful, right? That faith, Christ being at the center. So we round it all out with that. Special thanks to Sophia Institute again for sending us some guests this week. I think we've got some more joining us next week as well. So stay tuned and uh, follow me on X. Also be sure to follow me at YouTube. Just this is actually a really Royce old Hood. song of mine. It's called what could and be. Thank you so much for and listening. It's about trusting God, life. trusting life. Out with, and giving uh, life a chance. A segment um, I a, literally, I probably recorded on. this scratch track back in 2008. Radio a long there. time ago. It's hard to believe prior to me going to law school. I've never finished it. So what do you think? Should I finish this one? Let me know. Uh, check me out on X at Royce Hood or YouTube at Royce Hood. I'm on Facebook. Reach out to me. You can reach me at Royce at lawlife.org as well. And thank you so much for listening. This is a clip from What Could Be, a song I wrote back in 2008. Shout out to Catholic Spirit Radio for having me, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>